Vision, how are you feeling? Man, we have so much to celebrate right now. How many of you guys were at One Race? Man, One Race was amazing. How, yeah, somebody said powerful. Amen. Man, we are currently in our Situationship series. How many of you guys have been here for the whole series? How many of you guys have enjoyed the series? Yes, it's been amazing. Last week we had Christy and Rodley uh, sharing their testimony. It was powerful. Before that, we had our house party. How many of you guys were at the house party? How many of you guys did the speed dating? Oh, oh, nobody wants to shout about that. Okay. (laughs) It was fun. It was fun. I didn't do it. I'm taken, but it was fun, though. Uh, Before that, David preached two fire messages uh, just on relationships. And Mom Mayo spoke at the house party. And really, the focus of this series has been giving us a godly perspective on relationships. How many of us think that that's important? Yes, I agree. So the title of tonight's message, we're jumping right in. It is Why We Need Direction as it applies to our relationships. And I want to jump right into the word. Before that, I want to pray. God, thank you for bringing us out here tonight. Father, I ask that you would just speak to your people tonight, Lord. Speak through me, God. Empty me out and let only your words be heard, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, the scripture that we're focusing on tonight is Proverbs 29:18. The New Living Translation says, "When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful." A lot of you guys may have heard this scripture saying, "Where there is no vision, the people perish." And there are a couple different translations because the words have multiple meanings. And so I have my own general summary of this scripture. And my translation is based on the actual wording that's used is when we do not have direction from God, we do not exercise proper discipline or apply healthy boundaries. And I feel like we're seeing this everywhere in our culture, especially as it applies to relationships. Because nobody is consulting, well, I don't want to say nobody, but the majority of our culture, the majority of our generation is not consulting God about relationships. We end up creating our own rules, and then people are questioning, why is it important to have monogamous relationships? What are the boundaries, Um, the courting process, all this stuff, everybody has questions about it, but I believe that we can consult the one who created the whole process. We can consult the one who created us to get direction. Do any of you guys believe that? I definitely believe that. So I was thinking about this and just thinking about how God is the author of our entire creation. He created our bodies, our minds, our spirits. He created our desires. So everything that we want to do is, well, I don't want to say everything that we want to do is from God, because some of that comes from just our sin nature. But a lot, our desire for relationship is a healthy desire, is what I'm trying to say. So a lot of our desires are healthy desires, but we just don't have the methods a lot of times naturally to 
pursue those desires. And I was thinking about it in terms of like a house, right? So if you have a house and you want to get some information about the structural soundness of your house, or you need to know really something about the building of the house, would you consult your neighbor who has never built a house before? I wouldn't. But it seems like that's what we do in our culture. Just because you have a life and you have a body, I'm going to consult you and your opinion about what to do with it. And a lot of times we accept guidance from people who are just living this life. They just showed up here just like you did, and a lot of us are trying to figure it out. But I believe if you want to know about the structure of something, you can consult the person who built it. And so when we want to know about the structure of our lives, when we want to know about how things should go in our lives, I think we should consult the person who built our lives, the one who created us. We can consult the one who built our house. Amen? So, number one priority when it comes to anything in life, really, because God created it all, is we need to hear from God and accept what he says. It's easy to say amen, but how many of you guys know it's not as easy to live it out? Because this applies to every aspect of our lives. He created everything. So he has something to say about everything. And all of it is addressed. And I know a lot of times we say, well, the Bible doesn't talk about this. The Bible doesn't talk about that. The Bible will lead you in every situation in your life. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is here to lead us and guide us into all truth. And I know at least in my experience, and I believe in most people's experience, the majority of times, he wants to lead you to truth in what he already said. He didn't just leave us here to figure it out and to play guessing games, but he actually gave us a whole instruction book, a whole manual for our lives to consult so that we don't have to just learn the hard way and learn everything through experience and just learn everything by trial and error. Amen? So, the reality is when we do not accept God's direction, we end up creating our own. Because that's the only other option. Other people create their direction, sometimes we follow that. Sometimes we say, well, what is it that I really want to do? What's in my heart? And I'm just going to follow my heart. But how many of you guys know that that doesn't usually work out the best way? (laughs) So if we want to be joyful, as the scripture says, we need to consult God's word. Because if we are only consulting ourselves, a lot of times, if we're following our own desires, we're not going to put a lot of restraint on ourselves. Following your own desires doesn't really require a lot of discipline because discipline is denying yourself. So how do you deny yourself and follow yourself at the same time? I'll show you where it talks about this in the Bible. Luke 9:23, Jesus says, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me." A lot of us aren't innately going to deny ourselves. We need to be told, we need to be instructed on what is in our best interest. So, you guys might be wondering, how on earth does this relate to relationships or how does this relate to our series? Well, our series is called Situationships. I wanted to talk about the title of our series tonight. A situationship 
is simply, it's used to describe two people who are in a situation that does not have clearly defined boundaries, does not have any clearly defined commitment, does not have any clearly defined direction, so the only way to describe it is a situation. And so we call it a situation ship, and it's funny, it's a funny word, but the implications and the results that it can have in our life can be very dangerous when we just are in situations with no direction. It can be very, very dangerous, and a lot of times we wonder how we, how did I get here? You're in a relationship, and things could be going terrible, and you're wondering, how did I get here? And it's because a lot of times we didn't have direction. I know in my life, before following Jesus, I was in a ton of situations, for real, because without direction, without clarity, without vision, that's all we'll end up in. So in order to get to somewhere, you have to know where you're going. And I just want to encourage you guys tonight to consult with God, especially when it comes to your relationships. I remember being in Fusion in 2013, and Pastor Dennis was preaching, and he said something that changed really the trajectory of my life. I wrote it in my phone. I shared it with everybody that I knew. But he said the number one distraction from your godly purpose is ungodly relationships. And when you actually apply that to your life, you will see that being in the wrong relationship doesn't get you anywhere positive. A lot of times we enter these things because we want to cure our loneliness or cure boredom or we just want somebody to talk to on the phone. And next thing you know, you're way deeper than you expected to be. But it's because you did not start with direction. And I know this played out a lot of times in my life. And even when I first started following Jesus, I had no idea how to actually pursue a godly relationship. I had no vision for it. I needed to get in the word. I needed to receive revelation from God. That is one of the translations. The NIV says where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. It means when there's no vision for where you're going, when there's, been, there's no truth that's been revealed to you from God, you're not going to put any restraint on yourself. And that is exactly what I experienced really all through college. I didn't have a lot of restraint on myself because I didn't feel the need to. Because I didn't, I didn't know what the ingredients were that were necessary to get me to where I was going. So how am I going to know what not to use, what to use, what to do, what not to do if I don't know where I'm going? And this is the situation that most of our society is in. We see relationships as a cure for loneliness. Like we hear, it's not good for the man to be alone. And we just think like, all right, it's not good for me to be alone at all. But if you read before that leading up, there was a whole process that Adam was actually taken through before God said it's not good for him to be alone. When God said, let us create mankind in our image, did he create the man and the woman at the same time? No. He created Adam, put him in the garden that he had prepared for him, told him, name these animals. He gave him the, the, the lay of the land. He said, hey, you can eat from every single tree in here. 
eat all the fruits you want. Just don't eat from this one little tree right here. But I made all this stuff for you uh, so that you could be nice and nourished and healthy while you're out here naming all these animals. I got an assignment for you. And God was with him in the garden. He was in the presence of God. He was walking with God. Then God said, all right, it's not good for him to be alone. Let me bring him a helper suitable. And then he created a helper out of Adam's flesh. And it says, for that reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. For what reason? That reason right there, when somebody is in the presence of God, has a vision from God, has instruction from God, is in relationship with God, and then God brings them somebody to help them with that vision from God and with that assignment, that's the reason that a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. That's the reason. I didn't know that back in the day. I hadn't read it. So what society says is when you're lonely or really you just being a human, you have these natural needs and you have these natural desires and it's only healthy that you just feed them. And then that's what we end up doing and we don't have proper context for the things that we're doing. So our context for everything from dating to sex to everything has been outlined for us by culture, by a bunch of people who have houses but have never built one, but created their own manual, created their own instructions, and then share it with you and say, oh, this is the way to go. You don't need instruction from anybody else. I personally would prefer my instruction to come from the one who created me. And I believe that is in your best interest as well. At least God does. After that creation that God made, he created the man and the woman. He put them together. And then Genesis 1.28 says that God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. He gave them direction. He told them what to do. He did not just create man and woman, put desires in them, and then just leave. He gave them clear instruction on what they were supposed to be doing. We have gotten so far from this model because we don't allow God in the process. But God created the process. God was all up through their process. He was in the center of it, and he was with them. But as a society, we've left him completely out, and we're not following his instruction or direction. But God wants you to follow his instruction and direction. Why? So that he can bless you, so that you can be joyful. That is the second part of that scripture. It says that blessed is the man who obeys the law. Joyful is the person who obeys the law. And the law is just the word of God. That's all that is. Instruction. That's what law means. When we write laws, they are instructions for you to follow. They are boundaries to keep you safe, not to confine you. I think that a lot of times when I was dating um, and really before I was really walking with God, I saw boundaries as confinement. A lot of times we see boundaries as cages that, oh, God just wants to put you in a little cage, man. You don't know nothing. Is how the world looks at us a lot of times like we're ignorant for wanting to follow the person who created us. But everybody here showed up here. One day, you didn't choose 
what body you would be in. You did not choose the color of your eyes. You can't even control what food you like. You just accept it. And you learn about yourself. I'm finding myself. Is what we say all the time. And that doesn't sound weird to anybody. Like. But reality is. It's this human experience. Is not as simple as a lot of times we make it sound. How wild is that? That you just look the way that you look. And you can't do anything about it. It's real. So. God created these things, sex being one of them. I think that that's one of the things that pulls us away from God the most. God created it the way that he created it, and you can't do anything about it. (laughs) And you need his instruction on how to use it, how to operate it. Because when you misuse it, when you malfunction, it causes some problems. If you had a car, and imagine if we just all had cars, right, and nobody knew how to use a car. And you had a friend that's just like, oh, bro, you're supposed to live in that. Like, yeah, bro, just put the seats down, lay back. Yeah, this is the house, bro. And the guy who created the car is like, that is not what I created it for. You're supposed to drive that. That's transportation. But how many of us do that with our own lives? Somebody says, oh, that's your body. You just do what you want with it. Sleep with this person. Sleep with that person. Do what you want to do. And God is like, no, that is not what I created you for. That's not healthy. That's not going to be effective. That's not how you use it, to be fruitful. God blessed them and said to be fruitful. He didn't just say, all right, bet, now exist. All right, bet, now just have fun. Entertain yourself. Be fruitful. If you were here for the last message, then you might have heard me mention that being fruitful is using what was deposited in you, cultivating it, and then blessing other people with it because the tree does not eat its own fruit. The tree is just creating fruit and everybody else benefits from it. That's what we were created to do. That's the first thing that God said to them. You can't change that. It just is what it is. But you can benefit from it. You can live a blessed life, an effective life. And live in purpose instead of just existing. So, last thing that I want to talk about is this word vision that says, for lack of vision, the people perish. Uh, The reason that it has so many translations is because a lot of times Hebrew words just have so many meanings uh, to them. And they can mean multiple things. And this word vision, the reason that they use the word vision in some translations is because it does represent a mental picture and a mental image given to you from God. And I believe that the ultimate vision, the ultimate mental picture that God has given us for the man-woman relationship is Jesus Christ. Why? Well, God describes us as his friends, as his children, but the most significant role that we have as believers in Jesus is as the bride of Christ. And there are so many references to it throughout Scripture. Even a lot of the things that Jesus talked about, he spoke to the disciples as brides. He says, my, father house, my father's house has many rooms. I go to prepare a room for you. In Jewish culture, that is the, the marital process. When you were engaged as the man, you would be like, all right, you pay the bride price to the father. And you'd be like, all right, but I got to go build a room on my father's house 
they lived as families. They would just keep adding rooms, adding rooms, adding rooms. So it's like, all right, bet. I'm going to build a room for us, and then I'm going to come back and get you. And that is the picture that Jesus gave us is he went to prepare a place for us, and he's going to come back and get us and join himself to us, and we're going to be one with him. So as the bride of Christ, we are able to see how you help in a healthy way you approach relationships. Jesus approached it in the best way possible. First and foremost, he had vision. There was no doubt in his mind what his purpose was, what he was here to do. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has empowered me. Oh, man, I had it on my notes. But he said, I've come to bring good news to the poor, uh, to heal the sick. He knew exactly why, and to set the captives free. He knew exactly why he was here, and he was deadlocked, focused on it. So he did not waver from that. And that's exactly what we're supposed to do because any of you in relationships especially know that it's the vision for where you're going that keeps a healthy relationship. It's not just about how I feel today and how you make me feel because if that were the gauge, oh, we might have like a 50% divorce rate, which we do because that is the gauge in our society. One out of two couples separates and gets divorced because they are committed to each other and their feelings and how they feel instead of committed to an instruction and a direction from God. Jesus modeled being committed to a vision even to the point of death on a cross for a bride that didn't even love him yet. And we still can't love him enough for it to be worth dying on a cross. Thank you, Jesus, for grace. And his abundant love. Second, the second piece of that mental image that he's given us is Jesus had the heart of a servant. And if there's anything that will serve you well in any relationship, whether that is your uh, man-woman relationship, whether that is a business relationship, a friendship, whether that is your small group, serving will always serve you well. Jesus modeled it for us. He said, the greatest among you is the servant of all. And Jesus got down and was washing the disciples' feet with his bare hands to exemplify that. And a lot of times, our minds go straight to, I want somebody who makes me happy. I want somebody who does this. I want somebody who does that. And when they do that, then I'm going to be this way. But if they don't, I'm out. And that's what ends up happening in our society. But if you are in a servant mindset and your relationship has mutual service, you don't want to be in a relationship where there's only one person serving. Even Jesus, he served us first, but we have to serve him back. He gave his life for us first, but he says that we have to lay down our lives too. And that is the picture of a healthy relationship. The last point of the night is it's small group night. <laughs> so, we are going to further discuss this in our small group. I just talked about relationship and serving each other, so now's the perfect time to start exemplifying that and talking through that. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you for listening. Come on up. Thank you, guys.
right, all right. Awesome message. All right, so many of you guys know the drill. If I could have the map on the screen, please. Hey, listen, if this is your first time here, what's going to happen is obviously you can see there is a map with cities located all across the capital.